Welcome back to A People's Guide to Publishing. I'm Joe Beal, the founder and CEO of Microcosm Publishing and Distribution. I'm also the author of A People's Guide to Publishing, which distills what I've learned from selling millions of books over the past 25 years. I'm Ellie Blue. I'm the Editorial and Marketing Director here at Microcosm. We are an independent midlist publisher based in Portland, Oregon and Cleveland, Ohio. We have over 700 books, over 25 employees, and we make about 40 new books every year. And we distribute thousands of titles from other publishers. We started this podcast so that we can share what we've learned with newer publishers so that you can learn from our mistakes. Or maybe you just want to understand the publishing industry. This week, we are going to answer another reader question, which is, can I be my own literary agent? This is technical. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's like one of those you think you're solving a problem, but you're not really solving a problem kind of questions. So, like, what is the problem that this creator is trying to solve? So, you know, I I run into this all day long um, where people will get in touch and, you know, they, like, assume that, A, all publishers are the same. They have been told by their friend or whatever that publishers will only review... Uh, unsolicited manuscripts when they come from an agency, meaning like a trusted source that the publisher has a relationship with that they tend to do a lot of business buying and selling with, you know, which is great. So that's like a truly beneficial relationship. Um, A lot of publishers have the perception that uh, agency working with you means that you will pay a lot more for your each book but that's not necessarily true, you know, when it's the right agency and the right book. They understand that you're an independent publisher and you don't have buckets of money. So an agency is basically, like, a middle intermediary person who, like, curates, like, they, they're they like a pre-filter. Yeah, an agency sort of has three roles. It will, you know, work as, a like, a pre-editorial service to get your book into a condition where publishers would consider it, you know, so they would say, like, here are the the weaknesses of your manuscripts, let's take care of those, and then once you do that, I can show it around, and then, you know, by predicting these problems, you know, we we don't want to show something prematurely to publishers, because they will then obviously identify these same things, and my experience allows me to recognize them at this time. Obviously, some publishers are going to find different things that they want out of a manuscript, etc. But it, it's a huge advantage, you know. And so that is an actual skill, much like an editor would have, um, you know, that you can utilize by working with an agency. And then, um, similarly, you know, a, a good agency will have relationships, you know. They'll have worked with dozens, if not hundreds, of specific people, not just publishers, but they'll say, you know, Sally at XYZ Publishing Company is my buddy. We see each other once a week. We have a relationship. We're on a first name basis. Like we, I know what Sally likes. I know what Sally likes to acquire. I know what makes Sally raise her cackles and I know how to close with Sally, you know, (laughs) and that's almost the biggest service that an agency provides. But, um, maybe, the actual biggest service that an agency provides is they know what's reasonable, 
you know, they know what you should be getting paid. They know what a reasonable contract looks like. They know what a reasonable advance looks like. They know what kind of rights are, you know, flexible, and they know which ones are inflexible. Right, they know how to negotiate a contract. Yeah, and they know, but more, it's not about knowing how to negotiate a contract so much as it's knowing what a standard contract looks like. Right. And why things are that way and how those things work in practice. Because it's like one thing to, you know, I can't tell you how many times, like, an author of a book that would n- could never possibly be translated to TV or film wrestles and wrestles for those rights back. And, you know, and as much as I say that's not really a concern, they aren't able to hear that, you know, so I just have to say, okay, yeah, I mean, it's, we can take it out, it's fine, because, like, there's no way the book is going to be translated to television or film, you know. And, um, you know, say if it's, like, a cookbook or something, you know. And, um, so, you know, it's really those three things that an agency does. So why do you think it might not be a great solution for an author to represent themselves as their own agent? Right. Yeah. It doesn't seem like... I mean, it's like being your own publisher. It's like you would need to... Like, the whole point of having an agent is to have that expertise and those relationships. But I guess if you want to be, like, put your manuscript in the mix at Penguin Random House, you do need an agent. Mm-hmm. But, like... Being your own agent isn't going to get you anywhere in that case. Yeah, your chances are not going to be improved if they're like, oh, this is going on the slush pile. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it really... Nobody actually cares that somebody has an agent or not. What they're really caring about is, like, saleability of the book, ability to incorporate the book into the publisher's list, you know, reasonable demands and expectations of a book. You know, I mean, I can tell you, you know, we probably get... I don't know, three agented submissions a week or so, zero of which we publish. You know, it's not the fact that they're agented, it's the fact that we want a book or not, you know. And, you know, and a lot of it is, it's it's sort of the wrong-headed idea of, like, you're trying to solve the problem of feeling like you don't have access, when the real problem is that your book isn't too up to snuff and meeting the criteria of the publishers. It does seem like, I mean, like, I feel like there's multiple reasons you might want to be your own agent and like one is access and that is probably not going to go so well. But like, if it's because you like actually do want to like develop those relationships and develop those skills, then like, yeah, start an agency. People do it. It happens. yeah. Yeah. And, but again, it's like, yeah, as you began to say, becoming an agency is, you know, it's like its own career. It's like becoming a publisher. Then you have to learn all the skills of being a publisher. You have to learn all the skills of being an editor. You have to learn the skills of being an agency. And being your own editor as an author who is representing yourself and your own agency, it's just the levels of deception (laughs) involved and the levels of, like, it just doesn't, you know, like, at the end of the day, if you want to be an agency, be an agency. And I'm sorry to spoil it for you, but there's lots of fake agencies out there that will very happily represent you, but not be able to get you anywhere. Right, right. I guess if they can't do those three things, then they're not really an agency. I mean, I've been approached by so many of these fake agencies that, you know, at the end of the day, 
it's apparent just in the initial pitch because they'll either have no idea the language or they, you know, a skilled agency is demonstrated by them looking at our front list schedule and saying, okay, this is obviously what you're interested in. And here is what I have that matches that. An unskilled agency comes at us and says, Joe, we really need to have a meeting because I have this great book about horoscopes that, uh, you know, for all these dead people on the day that they died. And then like, that's interesting, but there's no reason that we would have a meeting about that. I would review that first and you would know that. And then we would discuss if we were interested and it was suitable and the expectations were reasonable. And then, or the other thing I run into is the agency that says, or, you know, the agency <laughs> says, we need $50,000 for you to look at this manuscript and we are not accepting lower bids. And, and you must sign an NDA. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, that's just not how it works, you know. Fascinating. And if somebody did approach it that way, they would at least case it well they would first of all go to people that had that kind of money and then second of all they would say this is very unusual but you know we have this particular situation and here is the need and reason for it i feel like the i feel like there's something here where like there are gatekeepers in publishing and often that's for a reason but they are often gatekeeping like the wrong people you know like often access to these like like access to an agency does can't and to a publication can depend especially in the traditional publishing world on like your own social background and cues and resources and how you present yourself i feel like we should do another episode about like how to you know about the gatekeeping question because mm, like right. i feel like there are good ways to bypass that right right like, that's true yeah and i do have a lot of thoughts and answers to that yeah well let's do another episode okay thanks for joining us once again please send your questions to podcast at microcosmpublishing.com so we can answer them on future episodes and please give us five stars on itunes and everywhere else that podcasts are reviewed you can find us on the internet at microcosm.pub on twitter at microcosm on facebook at microcosm publishing on instagram at microcosm underscore pub and here in portland oregon on north williams avenue thank you so much have a wonderful week